Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition, episode 136, the bonus, <laughs> the bonus one about the that bonus one. Guess yeah. what? We had a new segment this week. That was cool. We're not going to talk about it, though. We, I mean, we'll talk could... about it in the abstract, but not like, I don't know what happened in it. It just was some, some... Silly we could talk about it. I mean, I actually, you know what? That's not a bad idea. That maybe in the bonuses we could unpack the psalms a little bit that we read in the episode. We did not prepare for that today, but in the future, that sounds like a great idea. Except for Dedeker, I do want to ask because you told me that you uh, ended up having to memorize the first psalm, the yeah. very first one that I said mm-hmm. yeah. so what was that, that was like the first one that you ever said yeah what was that like? first was one that like anyone has ever it? said no why did you memorize why, it why did you have to memorize it and what wh- were you like wow i feel so good or were you just like i have to memorize <sighs> no, something like memorizing bible verses is always my least favorite part of mm. going to christian school or sunday school because it was just never fun you know, mm-hmm. it's like, like as a child, you don't have that much of a connection to the text. It, and it's not like, like math, like, like memorizing a math equation where it's like, you got to use this, you know, to figure things out. Like it was mm-hmm. literally just about like rote memorization, just like memorize this so we can test you on it. And Did then you feel the same about memorizing other things? Like, I don't know, the Declaration of Independence or the... No, no, no. I would do speech contests where you would memorize like speeches and poems and stuff like that. And I love oh. that. I absolutely love that. So that's I, weird because I would have thought you would have been into this memorizing thing because you're so good at memorizing stuff. Yeah, I would have thought do you would have been into it. I could do it, but I did not enjoy it. <laughs> huh. No, wow. Bible class was always just like a bummer and like way more boring than other subjects for me. So That's too bad. So, but I, I guess I was mostly caught by surprise because when I, as soon as I started like reading it before we recorded, I was like, oh crap, like this one is still <laughs> in there somewhere inside mm. me. Mm. <laughs> like I, I had, wrote, it brought back memories of, of memorizing it. I wrote a song that the words were a psalm once years ago. Wow. Yeah, Look at you. back what? when I was in high school, maybe yeah, high school age. Where did you go? Wrote a song. Yeah, when we get there, I'll probably be like, I'll have that same moment of like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is the one that I wrote that song about. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I don't think I have a recording of that. That would be a wild thing Dang. to to dig Dang. up. Gosh, I mean, yeah. you've dug up some really intense stuff before for this show. Yeah, so that's po- you know anything's possible. <laughs> anything anything's possible i wanted to look up this thing about the pleasant plants and strange slips yes what what is this so okay first of all slips i was like what the heck does slips mean and i looked that up just you know sort of plain old dictionary look them ups and what i found is that there is an alternate word slip that means a cutting taken from a plant or oh. a grafting of a plant. You know how we'll have words that are, you know, homonyms and homophones in English, right? Like slip. It uh-huh. means, you know, yeah. it's one word. And we have a verb form and a noun form of it that's like to, you know, to slip on something, to fall down, or to like slip out unnoticed, or the noun form of those. Sure. And then there's a different slip that comes from a slightly different origin word, you know, etymologically speaking. And that slip 
is the one where we get this cutting from a plant and is also where we get a slip of paper, which makes oh. sense because it's like a small cutting a plant. of yeah. a plant. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so those two words are maybe related, but are not like derived from the same word. So that's kind of fun, fun trivia for those of you out there. <laughs> anyway, so so strange slips. Okay, so that was step one, is it just means like a cutting of a plant, or you could think of it as like a seed of a plant, although technically a cutting. And strange slips. So when I looked into this and different translations and commentaries on the Bible and stuff like that, it translates, some of them just talk about it as like, foreign seeds like exotic plants from elsewhere because remember this is part of his condemnation of people who plant these plants for their fertility rituals Mm -hmm. and stuff to other gods that are not yahweh Mm -hmm. but this was the one i thought was the most interesting this is from the cambridge bible for schools and colleges (laughs) they talk about yeah this thou shalt plant pleasant plants from the King James Bible. Very pleasant. Apparently another translation of this is thou plantest plantings of Adonis. Oh my. Yeah. So this led down a rabbit hole of this referring to Adonis gardens, which are mentioned by Greek writers such as Plato. Um, And, What they describe it as in the Cambridge Bible for schools and colleges is pots of quickly withering flowers, which the ancients used to set at their doors or in the courts of temples. And then, so I was like, okay, what's an Adonis garden really? And (laughs) this led me down another rabbit hole. This is now our third level deep here. The Adonis path. So it led me to a couple of things. One is that maybe this was a term for just pots that people would place outside of their houses or whatever. But what came up when I was looking for it was this festival that took place in Athens, supposedly at some point, different writers contradict each other on when it happened, but it seems like 400s ish BC. And where we are now in Isaiah is like 600s, maybe 700s, right? Like somewhere in that range. So that would have been quite a bit after, but this also may have been written down after. So maybe that translation fits, you know, maybe it was kind of like... (laughs) Jace, you're really bearing the lead. Like this festival is just all about sex, right? Okay, okay, okay. okay. Obviously. (laughs) So there was this, this festival... I can only assume it was about sex. I know that uh, Adonis was a god who was worshipped in uh, Assyria, specifically. Possibly even came from Assyria. That, like, the Adonis we know of from Greek mythology or whatever may have actually been originally an Assyrian figure that kind of got brought into Greek mythology. That part I'm not as sure about. But I did learn that it was a worship primarily practiced by women. Which was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so the the festival had this thing called the Gardens of Adonis. And they were pieces of terracotta that had plants planted in them. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, lettuce and fennel. Specifically huh. the exotic plants. Lettuce. Nice, a nice salad. Lettuce yeah. and fennel. And fennel, yes. But okay. the, the deal was, though, that these seeds sprouted 
but then they soon wilted and died afterward. And some scholars say it's because it was in the heat of summer, but others are like, no, actually this festival was in spring and it's because these, these pots are very shallow. So they couldn't ever take root. So it's possible that either the original writers or the translators at some point were kind of making this diss about your foreign plants for your fertility rights wilting because they're in these like shallow pots where they can't take root. God, that's that's so a, many levels. <laughs> that's many, many levels to go through yeah. to throw a little <laughs> bit of shade. Well, and you know what? I thought about it, though. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> also, <laughs> translators do. And it made me think mm. that at some point, these translators of like a much earlier translation into Greek, for example, may have been pulling a little bit of a Eugene Peterson. And in the same way that he talks about cruise liners and skyscrapers, maybe they threw in this reference to Adonis Gardens, which wouldn't have happened for a few hundred years afterward, but maybe was a sort of a known thing if Plato wrote about it, right? Wow. So mm. there's Eugenes right. upon Eugenes is what we're talking now about I've, here. I've learned so much. <laughs> so much. Well, I learned about raisins. <laughs> <laughs> raisins are cool i just slightly less sexy. so yeah or no in isaiah sexy. and maybe more sexy i don't know in isaiah 16 7 which is something that dedeker read uh this is translated from i don't know probably the king james bible but it says therefore the moabites wail they wail together for moab lament and grieve for the raisin cakes of kir her sheth yes Yes. So this is from reasonforhope.com and it's just it's hysterical. Wait, is that, was that reason for hope or raisin for hope? Reason. <laughs> the reason but, for hope, but maybe it's the raisin in this specific thing. And the raisin so, is Oh. Yeah. Who wrote I found a raisin for me. Was that the a raisin to be? Was that their to only me. hit? That was their a raisin only hit. To, start to start over, over new. new. And the raisin is yo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was Hoopastank. All right. So <laughs> listen to this. Eight times in the Bible, raisin cakes are mentioned. Oh. They were basically, oh. get ready for this, a fruitcake like delicacy. Well, dried, I mean. <laughs> dried grapes were pressed together oh. almost like a power bar. The raisin cakes depict prosperity and good times. They were offered as a peace offering, but other times used in pagan rituals. Oh, boy. A little double whammy there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going over now to corechristianity.com, where somebody talks about the strange case of the forbidden raisin cakes in Hosea 3, which we haven't at all gotten to. But essentially, they talk about all the places that raisins are discussed, including in Samuel, in Chronicles. Did we do Chronicles yet? Yes. Wait, no, no. That's the no. one that we would have done, but we did Isaiah instead. We'll so do we Chronicles kind of have end. done it, but not yeah. quite. Not yeah. really. And then, of course, Isaiah. So, okay, so they're a big problem in Hosea 3, so essentially, I don't want to give anything away, but it, it says to love raisin cakes means to love worshiping at other altars, mm. to turn away entirely, explicitly from the Lord, just as Gomer not only rejects her husband, but also seeks out other, lo other lovers. 
that okay, so I guess right. is going to so happen here, later. Raisin cakes are associated with being pagan or heathen or worshiping other gods than Yahweh. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Okay, huh. so and it says, them. loving raisin cakes may seem like a weirdly specific and harmless thing to condemn, but we need to look past the dried fruit itself and think about what it <laughs> signifies. It signifies distraction, complacency, self-centeredness, pride, and a willful rejection of the providing hand. The Israelites are guilty of all that, and yet they are the people whom the Lord loves. Well, the Lord's going to okay. be sad because I could really go for some raisins right now, specifically Turkish raisins. When I was living in Turkey, like their raisins over there, their sultanas are just like so good. There's they something like, about they it. They're like, like big raisins. They're like big and like juicier than our raisins in the States. And just like, oh, so good. I could eat a billion of them. Someone... Well, apparently it's a power bar in the Bible. <laughs> An Someone ancient raisin power bar. Power bar. <laughs> Someone in the chat during our episode said something about fruitcakes being very popular a few decades ago because of how alcoholic they were. And I was you like, make wait, what? Cake. I did not know that fruitcake was alcoholic. But maybe I'm that's also... I fermented the heck out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You can make a good, a good boozy fruitcake if you really want to. I, sure. I do. I do want to. <laughs> Well, great. Me, Next Christmas, now. let's okay. let's do it. We'll make a boozy fruit cake. You're great. my boozy fruit cake. Aww. I'm going to talk to you about inward parts. Oh, oh but you are. Boy. Okay. <sighs> I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I don't have anything as interesting as I thought that we might. Really? Um, well, the first place I stopped is I ended up on a site, newchristianbiblestudy.org, where when I typed in this particular verse, it brought up like every single translation, including international translations. So as in like the Korean translation and the Portuguese translation. And so I looked at the Japanese translation because I'm like, I wonder what they said Uh for Mm -hmm. this word. And for the Japanese translation, uh, so, okay. So the original verse is in the World English Bible. It's therefore my heart sounds like a harp for Moab and my inward parts for Kir Hedis. Um, and then in the Japanese translation, they kind of flipped it where they actually used the word soul, that it was like my mm. soul that was sounding for Moab and that my heart was was like in pain uh, for hmm. Kir Hera. So they chose soul and heart. Um, of course, as people in the chat pointed out, heart is originally bowels because that's where people thought the seat of emotions were. Um, I, I also ended up on Bible Hub in their commentary where it was actually cool is they kind of broke it down by all of literally the Hebrew words. And so I went down a rabbit hole looking up this Hebrew word for my, my inmost being or mm-hmm. my inward part, yeah. which is wekir be. Probably not that, but that's Boy. what I'm going to say that it Boy. is. That was rough. And, and uh, when you click on it, it brings up literally like every single verse in the Bible where this particular Hebrew word shows up. Okay. And... It shows up all over the place because it seems that really it just translates as kind of like inside, within, among, like all up in. I couldn't find any <sighs> translations uh-huh. that were that pointed to it being about like genitalia or your womb or stuff like that. Other people maybe have different intel than I do, but that uh, was yeah, what I, I wonder found. if that's if it's one of those things where early translators kind of struggled with how to put that and they put it in a way that then later Bible, you know, sort of critical commentary people were like, oh, this must mean private parts or your butthole or something. And, you know, (laughs) but really it wasn't at all. And that's just kind of... Maybe, I mean, there are certain verses where it's translated as one's entrails. 
as well. Um, so maybe so it's so your butt. Better. Could be your guts. Could be your guts and your butts. <laughs> but but it seems like Hold in other your instances the the context is also like it's used a lot in like among the people, within the people, you know. So oh, really? Huh. So it also carries that nuance as well. Within the butts of the people. <laughs> God. <laughs> yep. Wow. All up in their butts. Wow. And Jeez. then I also looked into these tall and smooth people. Oh yes, yeah. tell us about we wanna, this we tall meet and smooth people. We're really we're very fascinated by them. So some people say yes, it is Ethiopia. That's okay. Who okay. we're talking about. Yeah. Some people say no, it's the land of Kush, the Kushites, which mm. which is modern day Ethiopia as oh. well. Oh. Uh, some people are like maybe it's Egypt, and then other people on the Stack Exchange are like it could never be Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. I hate you. You're you idiot. and your whole family now, are terrible. Down. Yeah. Now there was you know a little bit of arguing on the Stack Exchange, which is to be expected. But the answer <laughs> that everyone hated and got downvoted. <laughs> Goodness. Was this person who was like, no, the tall, smooth people are specifically talking about these white South African Boer Christians that what? fled Catholic persecution to South Africa in 1662. Okay. And I was like, what is this about? I call BS. I what call is this BS. person all 1662, what are you talking about? Okay. Yes. And I looked into it and yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, all of you out there who know more about this. This is really just the very, very crude retelling of it but yeah basically there were these white christians who emigrated to south africa and um (laughs) long story short i'll just give you just a little character reference for them is that the brits also controlled south africa for a little while in the 1800s and in 1834 the brits abolished slavery and these white boer christians hated that because they're like but white christians are superior to everyone else especially Whatever. indigenous races right. so th- so that's kind of the the bent and i guess this person was maybe one of them because he was like yeah it's definitely these people and they're oppressed and hated by the world and everyone downvoted it so <laughs> so it's not those people according okay. to the stack exchange, i mean i'm as glad much as they would like to believe that that was them what stack exchange is this this hermeneutics of course okay obviously i'm yes. glad that the hermeneutic stack exchange at least is a little bit like yeah get out of here white supremacists basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good it's good <laughs> so that's what we got wow well a lot of time well i, always... I really want to go eat raisins Okay, do it. Do we have <laughs> well, I any mean, raisins? Always... We do. We have raisins. We got dried cherries. We got dried Whoa. dates. We got like we can make so many fruit cakes we have right a lot now. Of so dried fruits. Yeah. Can I just say, everyone, go out and do this recipe. Take a date, put on some natural peanut butter, and then top it with a little bit of cacao nibs and some flake salt. Mm. The oh. best. The best dessert ever. We could do that. We have dried oh. dates and we have natural peanut butter. We I don't think we have cacao nibs, but we do have flake salt. Even just flake salt. We have a little be, bit of Nutella. Sure. I mean, that's not vegan, that's but the if you want to do non-vegan, then go nuts. We could do it, it. is outrageous. I think I'm my body would probably tonight. appreciate real food at this point. But yeah, anyway, we're getting into drunk dessert. Like, food study drunk, so. drunk we're hungry study yeah <laughs> yeah so okay we're hungry you all out there are probably hungry go have a snack go make a date you know how i love a date so we will see you all next week around 
the Bible studies and follow us for more Psalm studies as well. We're very excited to bring you that segment. We'll see you next week. Bye.